no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. And Taco's not here. This is a... uh, Taco is absent. This is a vegan podcast today, I guess. No, No, I mean, it could be a vegan taco. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I guess you uh, watched the final episode of WandaVision. Yes, I did watch the final episode of WandaVision, and I was excited and a little disappointed all at the same time. I enjoyed the story as it was told, but afterwards, I was kind of like a little disappointed and a little let down. Just, I thought there was going to be something a little more revealed, and it just—I don't know. Yeah, they—that's—that's uh, that's basically where I'm at. You know, I mean, I'm happy about it. I'm good with it, but there's just—I don't know, and I don't know how exactly how to explain it. Yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way. I, I mean, I felt all through the entire series, <clears throat> every episode seemed to answer some questions, but then create a lot more questions. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. that was yes. one thing that I really liked about the series. And, you know, because I've heard a lot of people talk about or complain about what was good or what was bad or why they didn't like it. Or, But, I mean, I, I really liked the series because it <clears throat> it made you think. And so many people, and I think it helped that Disney, Disney Plus dropped it, you know, an episode a week instead of the Netflix style of all at one time. Because I think we would have missed a lot was, yeah. if we would have just blitzed through it. Yeah. But everybody watched their the 26, 30-minute episode, and then you had a whole week to to kind of mull over it and uh, break every little thing down and rewatch it and um, go on Facebook and all the groups and all everybody talking about things and watch all the reaction videos on YouTube and... And there, there's just a lot of information that was out there and a lot of theories, and <clears throat> most of them, none of them were true. Uh, the Mephisto was the one, the biggest one that just kept going around. I guess it's still not going to be a, a 100% not going to happen, because who knows where the MCU is going with it, especially when they're getting into that the dark side of it and witches and magic and a lot more in that world. Mm-hmm. But they're tying in scrolls and I mean everything else with it too. So it's it's uh, they're going one of the a big questions that that was answered in the, in the last episode was uh, who Ralph was. Yeah, and that was that was I was because I'm sitting around and I'm waiting for the name. Finally, they're like, okay, this neighbor person. That actually, the person that actually lived in this house, this is Ralph. It's yeah. not necessarily her husband, 
it's just some guy that she's moved into his house and taken over. Right. And yeah, so we finally figured out who Ralph is, which I was, that was kind of cool. And I did enjoy that. Uh, but there was just so many other things that I, I thought could, and looking back on it in a way that there was certain things that did happen. It just, they didn't happen the way that I thought they were going to, which is also cool. But uh, like I said, my, my biggest thing was I was, ex- I was expecting some kind of huge reveal or some kind of huge guest star in that last episode. Yeah. They kept uh, um, Paul Bettany kept, implying that there was somebody that he really liked working for or working with that he had always looked forward to working mm-hmm. with a big star. And yes. and then it turned out that it was him. He, he came out after yeah. the episode aired and said, yeah, it was, it was him. He was pretty much trolling everyone because, you know, he got to play vision opposite uh, white vision or fission, the fake vision, whatever you want to call him. You know, some people are afraid to say the white vision because they want don't want to uh, tie race into it. They think that if you say something is white, that you're tying race into it. But uh, but it's just the color that he was, right? But so uh, you can't. That's just that just shows you how stupid people can get. Oh, definitely. I watched. <clears throat> there was one. I saw one video. Kevin Smith had. Who did he have on? Uh, he had somebody on his show, but he interviewed them, <clears throat> the director, and they were talking about a cut scene, a scene that they had, uh, they actually, I think started, they filmed it and I don't think they went with all the special effects parts of it. Matt Shackman, the director, he's the one that directed all nine episodes. So yeah, on Kevin Smith's show is called fat man beyond. Um, they had him on their interview and I mean, he talked about, um, they revealed who Mr. Scratchy was in that cut scene. And the, it was, uh, let's see, they actually, um, did like, a, a a scene in the basement where Mr. Scratchy, um, the rabbit does like an American werewolf in London kind of transformation. Mm. Now, see, that would have been cool. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen and, that. Uh, but then it ended up getting cut because it kind of didn't fit with where the final episode went. Well, so who or what did he transform into, Mr. Scratch, the bunny rabbit? Just like a demon-looking figure. They didn't really say who. Um, did he at all resemble Mephisto? No, no I don't think so. But they 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 just kind of said it more of a like a, a demonic looking figure, which I mean I guess it's all in how you define how Mephisto could be. I mean because the MCU can, uh, I mean they've got a little leeway. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I thought it was uh, pretty interesting that uh, that they were even going to touch on it. But if we jump j- jump right back into the, uh, I'm just looking over some of the notes I had talked about. Uh, as to how the whole episode started, you know, because the last episode or the episode before the last one ended with, you know, Agatha in the street with the children. You know, she's got them on their, mm-hmm. their little puppet leashes. On leashes. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, Wanda comes out then for the, in the new episode. Um, and that's where it kind of picks up is where that one left off. 
with Wanda seeing them out there. She still got Tommy and Billy kind of all lassoed up. Um, and then, you know, Wanda mm-hmm. shoots Agatha with a big, you know, magic blast. Um, and then she right. tells the boys to, you know, go to your room, run, run to, you know, run to their house. Zaps her with the chaos magic. Yep. And, uh, and then when, uh, so then Wanda shoots her again and then Agatha catches it and, you know, and kind of absorbs it, which you saw where she took the energy in from the coven group the week mm-hmm. before and, they, and uh, her and her own mother. Yeah. And her own mother to Salem flashback, or I don't know if you'd call that a flashback, but, but so one, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's Salem in the 1620s. Yeah. So it's, it's far enough there, but yeah, Agatha says, uh, what's her quote? Uh, I take power from the undeserving. It's kind of my thing. So, I mean, so it's kind of a, a slash, which I think this whole time Agatha's been kind of resentful of Wanda having so much power without uh, without even studying and trying. And it just kind of comes naturally to her. Right. No training. The training. Right. But then that's what that's what bothers her because of her mutant power is this chaos magic. Yeah. And like I said, no, she doesn't have to have any training at all to use it. And I think that's what really gets under her skin is the fact that no sacrifice. It just comes natural to her. Right. It's just, you know, it's one of those people. It's like, it's like you're on a team with athletes and you've got that one guy that is just so freaking good at yeah. this sport. He doesn't, he have doesn't to really practice. have to train. <laughs> right. You know, but he's still just head and shoulders above everybody else. So yeah, Wanda, you know, uh, after she, you know, Agatha absorbs that last blast and Wanda, you know, slings a car at her and kind of smashes her, you know, into that house, which, you know, and then, which we was calling it as, as we were watching it, you know, that, oh, it's going to show like the, the Wicked Witch, you know, the Wizard of Oz look where you see her feet sticking out. Yeah. Underneath. With the feet sticking out. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. So that would have been funny. Yeah. But uh, and it turned out it was just her boots, and then right then, white vision kind of comes floating down. Um, mm-hmm. So and uh, and you know Wanda kind of freaks out because uh, <clears throat> I guess at the time she didn't realize. Or what do you think was going through her head at that time? Did she think it was the other vision coming back, or if she thought it was the real vision, or what do you think? Because she just says, you know, is it really you? What do you think she was actually thinking? I mean, because she knew the other vision was somewhere in the the hex inside the the bubble. Her creation of the right the one that she, she created was do still you, there. Somewhere. Do you think she thought it was him, uh, or do you think she thought it was the actual real outside world vision, or do you think she just kind of didn't know? I mean, because she when she looks at him, that's what she says: "Is it really you?" But so I was kind of confused there as to what she was thinking. Because of the stark difference between the two. Yeah. I think that's why she's, she's actually thinking, you know, is it really you or have you come back somehow? Somehow, right. Is this the real you? Not the one, not the thing that I created over here that I, you know, is pretending to be actually you. But is this really you? Right. And 
for the most part, then it, yes, it is really him because it's the reassembled parts of the dead vision somehow has been reanimated and restored to life by a sword. Right. Through her magic. And sent on a mission to kill her. Right. But with her magic, yeah. But then, so yeah, that's what he's there to kill her. So that's where he, you mm-hmm. know, kind of starts caressing her face and, you know, holding her and, and, you know, and then starts like she's going to crush her skull. Um, but then, yeah, then the real vision comes blasting through and hits him, you know, drives him off. Plus, he go into well, like the a part Wanda, van. the Wanda created vision. Yeah. Not necessarily the real vision. The, the emotion, the emotional vision with substance. Yes, yeah. the I mean, to me, I, I put him as he's the real soul of vision. Yeah, I kind of there's a duality there. The, the white vision, I, I, I kind of see where you're going with this. Yeah, that's the body. Right. OK. And what she created is, is more of the spirit soul of what gave him his personality, what gave him his uniqueness. Right. You know, this over here is basically just an emotionless robot without the things that make you unique. And that's kind of like what we all are, right? Yeah. So that's that's really kind of a cool duality that they got going on there. Which, I mean, they get together in their battle later, but I don't know if they're ever going to plan to bring, which, I mean, I guess we'll get to that, but uh, the White Vision is still around. But either way, um, you know, he the... Or we'll call Vision Vision, and then the other one we'll call him Fission. He's the fake Vision. It's that, uh, yeah, the regular Vision flies into the white Vision and then throws him into the car. Mm -hmm. And then Agatha shows up, you know, because she's there. And she said, oh, this is awkward. Your ex and your boyfriend together at the same party. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But then, you know, it cuts to uh, uh, Monica in the house with Pietro or Ralph. That we end up finding right. out. And, you know, Monica's banging on the window trying to get Wanda to, you know, pay attention. And, you know, that's what Pietro, Pietro, the Pietro, the fake Pietro, call him Pietro. Mm-hmm. Pietro. You know. Now, one of the, the interesting things that I, I was the, the actual battle between the the White Vision and the the Wanda created version of the vision with the green and red colors Yeah, is when they get in and they start talking about the uh, ship of Theseus. Yeah. And in that conference, I mean, they just totally just stop fighting and they have this conversation about, you know, you find this ship and as you replace the rotted boards, eventually you've got a whole brand new ship, but it's still the, is it still the ship of Theseus or is it not? And at that point the white vision actually just kind of stops and this is kind of the the other vision touches him yeah, basically touches, restoring so. not necessarily restoring maybe his emotions but restoring his memory of, of who memories, he is right so it's kind of like a you know i was i was wanting the two visions to maybe come together and make one being and you would basically get the vision back into the Marvel universe. So that right. you could use him later on. But in a way, by doing that, you did kind of get that ending because he yeah, unlocked kinda. the part of him, of, of the white vision 
he unlocked a part of him that he did not have access to the right. part. That, and so that's was making him that emotionless robot type thing. Now he may still be emotionless, but he's now he has access to his full memories, right? Which that's, that's gotta be, you know, a step above where he was at yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Cause that's where and he, then he just flies off. Right. Cause that's what, yeah. The, re- the regular vision tells him says, yeah, I'm, I'm not the, uh, or the white vision says to the regular vision says, I'm not the true vision. I'm only a conditional vision. Then the fake vision says, yeah, I request elaboration. And then that's when they yeah, get into the, the, the conversation of, uh, yeah, the ship, but that's of the ship. I was almost, that was almost, uh, your mother's Martha. Your mother's name's Martha. <laughs> that was almost that for me. It was, I was my, wanting. My mother's a, was named Martha too. Right. I was wanting a little bit of a battle, and to me, that if it would have been any other characters other than Vision, which you would think, here's a a really good intellectual battle. So to me, then it it fit. Mm-hmm. So I I was fine with it, but. We used to always joke about that, yeah. like the like I said with the ship. With I would always say, yeah, I've I've got the original uh, axe that George Washington used to chop down the cherry tree with. Um, it's just that I replaced the handle twice and the head three times. It's the same thing. But I'll let you have it for a song, right? So it's the same <laughs> thing. Is it really still the axe? Yeah, that uh, that Martha moment. That's probably one of the worst things in. A movie I think I've ever seen, as far as a reason for two people to stop fighting. Yeah, it's like oh, you're. It's it's almost it's almost to the point of you had a mother too. Yeah. I had a mother. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, okay, we've all got the. Uh, that's just uh, that was one of the worst things I've seen. Yeah, that was one of the worst parts of that movie. Yeah, in my opinion. It was just so stupid. So I was, I was almost I afraid that this, for a, that's what it reminded me of. So that kind of let, I don't want to say let me down, but that, yeah, worried me about the, that battle, I guess. But, but there mm-hmm. were a bunch of things in this episode. I don't want to say they let me down, but that to me, it just felt rushed. There was a lot of things that they, they really, in the first few episodes with when they were laying out all of the sitcom and the, you know, tying a lot of that stuff in the dinner party with the hearts and stuff like that, that was just slow and long and drawn out. And I know they were mm-hmm. building up, they were building story to it. But to, to me, this last, I would have been much happier if they would have taken this last episode and stretched it out to a couple of hours and really got into some of the details of some of the stuff and actually made it work instead of, you know, Jimmy Woo, the handcuffs and the cell phone and the, all of the him with the Hayward stuff to me was just kind of didn't, didn't make, I won't say it didn't make sense. It just felt like weak writing compared to where some of the other was, I thought really, really good writing. Um, but that section mm-hmm. just seemed really weak to me. But but even like at the end with uh, when Darcy shows back up, that was just to me was just like, okay, how are we going to tie something up in fifteen seconds? You know, boom, there we go. 
Yeah. Um, when the, it's, it, it, I mean, it just it was the Calvary showing I think, up. I think, I, th- I think you're right. I think it could have, I could have, <laughs> as a season, I mean, every, every TV show you watch, the season finale or the show finale is always an extra long length of time. Right. You know, like season finale of The Walking Dead or whatever is going to be a two hour show or at least an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, so I can see, and I, I think it would have, I think it would have benefited them greatly if they would have went ahead and went with that model of this is the final episode. Let's go a little bit longer in yeah. our content and really flesh this out. At least an hour. At the end. An hour episode would have been good. I mean, I would like longer, but yeah, an hour how, at least. I think it, the, how long I, was the run time on that anyway? Thirty. 36 minutes, something like that, I think. Something not that, I mean, yeah, longer than the first ones were, but still not long enough. Right. Well, no, not for me either. And I guess that just shows what kind of fanboys we are. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, well, and, so, and yeah. watching it, you know, it's ending too. So, you know, this is the last of it. Um, and right. And, and there were, I don't know, to, some of it, like the ending scene right before the the hex completely collapses, when you know the kid's gone, vision gone. That to me, some of that dialogue was some incredible dialogue. It was really well written. To me, doesn't seem mm-hmm. like the same people <laughs> that made the Jimmy Woo and the Hayward story part. All of that was just. I don't know. The first string wrote one, and the third yeah, string writer group wrote the other. Like it was all, it was almost like it had to have been like two different sets of people. Yeah. Telling two different parts of the story. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Which, well, like, because it was there, there was some very getting back to the competition between Agnes and, uh, or Agatha Harkness and Wanda is Agatha kind of tipped her own hand when she had her there in the basement and she tried to use her magic powers. And of course, she'd put up all those protective runes in that space. And she's like, you realize, of course, that you can't do this. You can't use your magic in this area because I have these protective runes up. Only the witch who makes the runes can use their powers in this space. And since I'm the one that made the runes, I'm the only one that can use their magic here. So she had lured her downstairs into that space for the ambush. Right. But then of course, later on while she's battling the, the Agatha there in the, in the air. And I think she's, I think she's just trying to by sheer force of will to destroy her. And I think she gets to the point where she realized she can't do it. Yeah. And so then she, she remembers and all of a sudden you got all these, uh, you've got all these runes that are in the hex now. Yeah. And basically her powers are just turned off automatically. Yeah. Cause and, uh, only the, yeah, the witch who, who, I thought that who cast was, some can perform magic in that area. Yeah. So yeah. So now she's the only one that can perform the magic, and and now Agatha is basically 
she did it on a small scale and Wanda did it on a huge scale, yes. just showing how much more power Wanda has than Agatha. And she's a powerful witch. Right. You know, she's not, she's not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination, but that's just showing how much more powerful Wanda is than she is. Yeah. But know, which that, is just like, which I guess would those above. not have gone away because those were in the hags, right? I mean, you could see them in the red clouds mm-hmm. in the, in the, yes, yes. They so were, when the hex went away, they would they not go away too? I would think that they probably did. So, I mean, cause it appeared to me that they were a part of the barrier. Yeah. But Agatha still had her, I mean, uh, Agatha would still be under her spell. But that begs the question that begs the question though, that if you were to destroy the house, and that space, because did would there still be protective rooms in that area if you destroyed that house in that that basement? I don't, yeah, I don't, would those I would those protective rooms would they still be there in that area, even though you destroyed the exterior casing of where they were cast? Because I mean, they're, they're just, are they are those rooms? Are they when she cast them? Did that make them then a part of that house, a part of that space? Or are they independent of the area that they're in? And you can basically destroy that. And even and because you've you've still got the circle and the runes are still actually there, you just can't. You know, right. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Metaphysical but kind I, of yeah. thing, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if they would still have to be up. To, I mean, they would still have to be up to control where she would be the only one to still be able to cast. But that's why I didn't know if mm-hmm. <clears throat> when when she put that spell on Agatha, then to make her Agnes, you know, back the nosy neighbor again. If mm-hmm. then once she locked her into that, then she's is she not a witch anymore? Because she's locked into that character. No, I'd say she probably still is, and I think. Well, that would what would just prevent her from leaving? Because the hex, everything's gone now. Unless, like I said, the runes are still there. You just yeah. can't see them. Yeah, I guess it, that would be possible. I didn't know if it would be that way or if once she casts a spell that Agatha is kind of stuck there now. Or she's stuck. She can't overpower that spell. Right. But, and the reason she can't overpower that spell is because she casts those runes those protection rooms and, and she can't use her magic anymore. And even though the barriers down, I feel like maybe the runes are still there. They're still basically zapping her power. Yeah. Because I be. mean, inside the house, they're an actual physical manifestation. It looks like they're a part of the house, but outside, since it's just an energy barrier, yeah, you know, if you take the energy barrier away, are the rooms that she cast still there in some shape or form? Like, say, if Rambo were to come out and use her unique vision that she has because of passing through the barrier so many times, would she still be able to see on some wavelength or level? Would she still be able to look up and see the fact that the rooms are still in place? Hmm. Basically, is what I'm right, saying. Right. Yeah. Even though they're not. Even though to the spectrum that we can see with our eyes, right. we couldn't see it. 
but because she can see into so many more different spectrums of the of wavelengths of light, would she, she be able to detect yeah. that they're still there? I don't know. It's possible, I guess. But yeah, I think I might be just digging too deep or looking too. Maybe we may be, and yeah. I think that may have been part of the problem we had the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We would really get into just. You know, I was, I, like I said, one of the parts that I was disappointed about was I was expecting some kind of big guest star. You know, and I was thinking, you know, since she's going to be doing the thing with, supposedly doing the thing with Doctor Strange in the next movie, next Doctor Strange, that maybe, you know, uh, a possibility of introducing Wonder Man or one of these other characters that are a part of the Vision uh, story. Right, you know, and that, and having him there as a way of bringing the, basically the spirit soul of the vision and the actual physical body of the vision back together as one right. entity. But of course, they, in a certain sense, I think they did accomplish that by him touching, touching it. Yeah, because we, we don't and, know and, what all, if anything, passed over, right? Too, or if it was just him unlocking. You know, his memory, or if he right. actually was passing anything over. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Which he very well may have been. Right. We don't know because as soon as that was over with, he just left. Right. Yeah, that's what he just See, said. And that's, vision. And, and that's boom. one of the things that, that, that made me disappointed was we don't know the answer to that question now. Right. You know, I mean, if he would have stayed another 10 minutes. Right. And, and and just say something, you know, instead of just, you know, boom, I'm gone. As I, soon as you've unlocked this, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. He had an I'm group moment. I'm vision. Gone. I'm group. Yep. See ya. But we did get the dark hold. You know, we get, did get the, the mm-hmm. that that is, that's that, you know, when she's talking to her, tells her, yeah, there's a. A whole chapter dedicated to to Wanda or to the Scarlet Witch in it, but she does tell to chaos us, magic, yeah, to her destiny. And then she says, "Your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme." So we are referencing then Doctor Strange. But she also has told her, I've "Never actually, s- never what? I've never actually seen it. I've never actually seen a battle." Between Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, and Wanda, yeah. so I'm not sure who would actually win that. I mean, I can't see you being the Sorcerer Supreme and there being someone out there more powerful than you. Then that make them the Sorcerer or Sorceress Supreme. Well, her power, she said, your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. She didn't say you exceed that because she doesn't have the full yeah, understanding but- of her power yet. Right. But, which we saw in the credit, you know, jump to the end, spoiler, um, that, uh, you know, when she's in the uh, cabin, that, you know, she's out there drinking her coffee while uh, her, what is that, what's that called? Because Doctor Strange does the same thing. I don't know where you're at now. You remember when she's in the cabin at the end? Did you watch that part? Yes. And she, yes. she's sitting out on the porch drinking the coffee. 
when her right her I can't remember what that's called. The I want to say aerial plane, but that's not it. Possibly, are you to, yeah, our astral form? Astral form. That's it. When she's in there reading, studying the dark old. But the actual conscious body is out sitting, drinking coffee, right? And the spiritual side of her, like in the Doctor Strange movie, he would, he be, would laying be sleeping, there sleeping right? Well, but his was... astral form would still be awake, reading the books. Yeah, yeah I get it. So she's studying twenty four seven now. Yeah, and this is kind of cool too. Is the fact that, and this is just me, but did that little cabin in the woods remind you of the little cabin in the woods that the Hulk ended up going to? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I had that same feel. Different mountains. I saw some people had posted pictures comparing. You know, it's definitely different places, but are filmed in different places. Well, yeah, but I mean. But it, it, had, it had that feel, of, that I'm seclusion. I'm going to put myself into exile. Right. You know, seclusion, exile kind of feel to it. You know, I'm going to this little cabin out in the woods. And I'm thinking the Hulks was probably in Canada or maybe in the Rocky Mountains somewhere in America, possibly, or maybe in the Canadian Rockies. I'm thinking maybe that little cabin for Wanda may have been somewhere back in her native right, so country. Yeah. Yeah, Sokovia. That, that would be my because guess, Because, it, you know, it had kind of a, like, a, a European cabin feel to it. I don't know if that's an accurate description. <laughs> yeah. But that's what, you know, because it had some different little accents on it and stuff like that on the front. Whereas Bruce's cabin was just kind of, you know, it was just kind of like an American log cabin kind of thing. And then hers was kind of more like. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say it reminded me of a gingerbread house, but yeah, it had, it was a little bit more fancy, camping in the woods, yeah, kind of thing. But yeah, because that's what uh, I saw a clip <clears throat> that was, you know, like we said that Agatha told Wanda that her power is more, you know, is mm-hmm. greater than the sorcerer, sorcerer supreme. supreme. But uh, when they were back at the uh, Salem. Agatha told Wanda then, power isn't your problem. It's knowledge. So that was so I mean that kind of leads into right. that, yeah. Wanda just which I guess the whole thing has been leading up to how powerful she is, how much power that's the whole series. How powerful she is, how much power she has, and how much she needs to learn to control and, and it also, and use it. I mean Granted, she is the antagonist in this, but in a way, she in the, in the, in the long run and in the overall arch of the thing, she ends up helping Wanda. Right. You know, I mean, so kind of like an anti-hero. I mean, I don't think she's really, like I said, a hardcore villain per se. I mean, but she was the antagonist of what was going on. And she actually ends up helping Wanda because she teaches her about number one about the runes, the protection runes. Uh, she's able to get a hold of the dark hold. And like I said, I don't really think her motivations were necessarily purely evil, but I think that her motivations were just, you know, how can I use this to further myself? Right. You know, because she she wanted to give her give me your power. 
just give it to me and I'll take it. Right. And, and that way you don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to worry about being this, this thing. I, and because I have the training, I know of how to use this. She basically, you know, she's being a little arrogant, right? You know, I have the training. I have the knowledge that I, I can use this chaos magic better than you ever could. Right. But she was better yeah, than telling you can her she could right keep now. her family together if she did that. There's the scene of uh, when Hayward, when, you know, because once the uh, hex starts coming down, Hayward and the army, the they, you know, they come rolling in. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, what's one to say? She's, uh, or Agatha makes a quote. She says, uh, same story, different century. There'll always be torches and pits, pitchforks for ladies like us. Um, but then it's when mm-hmm. Wanda, Wanda tells the boys, you handle the military, mommy will be right back. I like that Billy, he does his little, the, he kind of his, his uh, Pietro type. Quicksilver flash running around. Um, mm-hmm. Billy freezes everybody while Tommy, yeah, goes around and grabs everybody's, grabs all the weapons and and everything. Kind of gets that, and get you know, he comes back with the glasses on. You get you get that Quicksilver feel from the X Men one scenes, the way they did them a lot more. Mm-hmm. But then you know, then Hayward. When everything kind of pauses or comes back to real time, I guess Hayward's standing there, yeah, pointing a gun at him, shoots well, at him. What's what's supposed to be happening is in him moving, he's moving so fast that he's basically doing all this within the span of just a, you know, just a, maybe a second. Right. He's, that's how fast he's supposed to be moving, that these people, they don't even react. Because so it's going to be one second. They're standing there with their guns on drawn on somebody. And the very next second he's went through and he's disarmed every one of these people. Right. And, and that, when they, yeah, that's they, why I, they're like, well, what happened? You yeah. know, how'd they get, my, my gun's suddenly gone from my hand, you know? Yeah. And I like the way amazing. they film those to make because, it look like because that's how fast frozen. he's supposed to be moving. Right. Cause when they show him at normal speed, yeah, everybody else would be at, like they're frozen or barely moving at such a slow rate when mm-hmm. they're actually traveling at normal speed. But yeah, then so, but Hayward shoots, which kind of was odd that he would um, immediately just unload in the little kids. But, but I guess that goes towards. No, Hayward's I don't character. think it is. I think Hayward is, he was, he's been a butthole pretty much the whole time. Yeah. But would you shoot at I the think kids he brought first? Wanda in. Yeah. I think he she brought he brought Wanda in to sword so that she would have some kind of crazy reaction so that he could get the funding that he needed to because he's he was resentful of the fact that you know some of these superhero people that were supposed to be there to help you know protect everybody just disappeared and then they he just had to carry on you know muddle through on his own so yeah I, I don't think he. He wanted he wanted Wanda to be the bad guy. Yeah. Because I think he wanted to kill Wanda. Well, that's what he said in that when he was having that conversation with uh uh Jimmy Wu when he you know, when they bring Jimmy in there and he's handcuffed and you know, that's what um 
That's what what's Hayward say to him. I have it written in the notes. Hayward says everyone will just be glad that he neutralized Wanda, and they'll think that the white vision is the same one that she stole, and that'll make Hayward the hero. And that's what he says. That he said you could be a part of that victory, Jimmy, if only you had a little more. And then he pauses and goes, "Vision." But yeah, that, but see, he's just he's he's trying to just set himself up as he wants to be the hero. He wants to, you know, he's he's trying to set himself up as, oh, look at how, you know, look at what a good job I did. Look at how important I am. Look at how smart I am. Look at how, you know, I did this. Regardless of whether it was right or wrong. Right. Which he was actually more of the villain of this entire series than even than, Agatha than, was. Than even Agatha. Yeah, I believe so. I believe. But they. they I believe Agatha was taking advantage of the situation that Wanda basically created herself to get in and, and see what was going on. But I think the real bad guy was the fact that he, I think he did the whole thing as far as letting her come into sword and go in and see his body visions body, because I think he somewhere way down deep inside, he wanted her to react and do something incredibly stupid so that he could you know, do basically what he did. Right. Well, I think he actually you know, thought when I, she came in there that she was going to bring him back to life. That he, because yeah. he kind of mentions that to her. Oh, like, you know, you can bring him back to life or reprogram or not. What he didn't say reprogram. What's the word he uses? Reboot. Uh, reboot. Um, yeah. So I think he was kind of hinting to her. I know you got this power. You could probably do that because he was, you know, to him, it's just this amazing weapon. But, mm-hmm. but that I thought he just kind of fell flat that he was, you know, he, here he is, this pretty much the villain, the entire episode, you know, the entire series. And then they tie him up at the end, you know, close out his whole story with, you know, he shoots at the kids. Monica comes bursting in and, you know, she absorbs all the bullets except for the one, which means and the way they showed it with her turning and watching it go by in slow motion. Does she have super speed, too? Because she well, actually could pause and watch it as it traveled by. Uh, she very well may have. Super it wasn't speed. like she just jumped in front and took them. But she, yeah, it looked like because she kind of has that. Everything background frozen look as she's watching the bullet go by. And then, of course, then uh, and Billy, you know, kind of catches it or, you know, with the magic catches Mm -hmm. it in the air and drops it. And then Hayward just runs off to get into the vehicle, like, you know, into his car, like he's going to run away. And then, you know, that's when Darcy slams into the side of him with that circus wagon truck that she's in. But yeah, to me, that whole Hayward ending with Darcy just slamming into it there at the end, which I liked her character, and they they didn't go anywhere with her after that. I mean, she wasn't a part of the story, but that one line when she ran into him. So they go back to the house, you know, because they're the... Okay, uh, looked her up real quick photon and her power set her abilities are energy absorber energy absorption 
generation and manipulation, the ability to travel at speeds up to the speed of light while in her energy form, convert her body to any form of energy within the electromagnetic spectrum, and travel in energy form through the vacuum of space. Intangibility via the energy form. So, yes, she can travel at super speed. Okay. Basically, the speed of light, which would be super speed. Right. All right. So, there you go. She does have super speed, so that would be maybe she was tapping into that when she watched that bullet go by in slow motion, which she did. That's what it, because that's what I thought it kind of looked like. But, uh, but you know, then they tie all that up, and then so Wanda and Vision and the kids walk back to the house because you know the the hex is slowly moving in. They know the end is the end is near. Um, mm-hmm. And you notice they're up there; they're putting them to bed, and it's dark outside. Yeah, yeah, because it's immediately nighttime. Right? Yeah. So and then when they go downstairs and they're having that conversation in the living room, when you look out the window, it's daytime again. Yeah. So she just basically manipulated her TV reality, uh, sitcom life. So that she could tuck one the boys last time. In. Yeah. So that she could tuck the boys in one last time, her envision, and then went downstairs and it was daylight again the same day. And the hex is basically collapsing in on itself. Yeah. Toward, you know, it's coming back to its point of origin, which would be the, the house there where uh, her envision lived. Yeah. That was the center of her universe, or going to be the center of her universe. But yeah, when she talks them in bed, yeah, that's what she tells them. She says, you know, a family is forever. We could never truly leave each other, even if we tried. You know that, right? And then she kisses him goodnight and, you know, walks out the door. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when she does the, which everybody on all the groups have been questioning as to what she meant by that, is when she says, boys, thanks for choosing me to be your mom. Kind of as if she had no... uh part of it choice in the matter whatsoever right that it's yeah. something that happened so well, they're I mean, trying to build into it is this a, is there a lot more to it the if like the mephisto part with the children and the, somehow it's going to well, tie back in i don't know here of late you've hear a whole lot more of that kind of thing in popular culture in that the children before they're born you know they kind of they choose who their parents are going to be and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Kind of the, you know, it's, I know it's silliness, but I've right. heard people, I've heard stuff along those lines, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a neat little thought, but it's, it's just silliness. Mm-hmm. And it could be that's where she was going with that. You know? Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. So her, her envision then, you know, go downstairs and that's when they have their little, their little conversation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you notice the, the whole WandaVision story, it begins with the two of them and it ends with the two of them. Right. Right there at the very end. And when it ended, um, you know, and then everything goes away and everything changes back and the, the house is gone and now she's just standing in the the foundation again. The ruins. Yeah. 
and her yeah. car is over there to the side. For a brief moment, when it first you get that camera shot and see her standing there, mm-hmm. for a moment, I almost thought this entire thing was uh, in her head. That she went to the home where the ruins was. She's standing in there. She's thinking, and none of it was reality, and none of it actually ever happened as far as the real world is concerned. So Jimmy Woo doesn't know. Darcy doesn't know. Hayward doesn't know. None of this is real. And it was kind of like a uh, a, a, a Dallas moment. Do you remember the old TV show Dallas when yeah. they did the Who Shot JR? Mm-hmm. And then- I- I kind of, for a very brief moment, thought that, you know, that whole thing happened. The, all those episodes happened right there in that moment because when she gets upset and casts her hex right. to the point of it collapsing, could have been anything from just a few seconds to a couple of minutes to maybe just a second. Right. So, then, like I said, it could have all just have happened in her head. And not necessarily been, she did cast the hex and that did bring Agatha in. And that's what brought me back from that, that right. going in yeah. that direction, you know? It's like, I remember because Agatha, Agatha was on the outside of the hex and then she cast it and she said herself, she's like, I've seen all this crazy spells being cast and all this power. And she came to investigate yeah, but my point was that even the Agatha part, I was thinking that none of it was real. Almost as if all of it was like a dream. That she didn't even make it happen. That it was just like a thought. I, I remember I saw a movie one time. Very well. Kinda 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 like it. Kinda like at the end of The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy wakes up and she's like, Oh, I was at this, you know, most and you were there, and you were there, right. and you were there. Kind of like that kind of moment. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and that that could very well be. Uh, I saw this there again. What draws me back from that edge is the fact that Agatha, or you know whatever you want to call her, Agnes, she says that you know she was drawn there because of all the magic that Wanda was messing with at that time. Right. That it flared up on her radar, basically. And she came to investigate. She wanted to see who and what was causing all of this powerful magic to happen. Right. And like I said, but here's the thing that may be why she came, but it still doesn't, it, it still doesn't negate the fact that all of that that did happen could have happened within the span of just a few minutes while she's standing there in, in that, the ruins of her house. Or what was supposed to be your house, her vision right. house. But the people out in the streets, <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. If they would have cut and faded to black as soon as you saw her standing in the ruins, and if they would have, let's say, just faded to black and ended the series right there and never went mm-hmm. back to the people in the town and never went back to Agatha, never went back to Monica or any of that stuff, if they just faded to black there. You could then question, did it even really happen? But yeah, like you mm-hmm. said, since they went, actually went back to Agatha and went back to that stuff. I mean, to the people. Yeah. yeah. And she talks to the people and she talks to Monica. Right. 
because, like I said, I remember there was one movie that I watched. Time frame, though. No, but that's what I mean. There was a movie I I remember watching one time. It's the beginning of the very beginning of the movie, the very first scene of the movie. Um, the guy is uh, he's getting in the bathtub. He's sitting in the bathtub, and he's like had a horrible day. And he he like kind of sinks down under the water. You know how you would slide down in the tub under the water, and then uh, you know, and then pops up and then goes on about his day. Um, and then mm-hmm. he ends up getting, he ends up like going, I don't remember all the details of it. I remember there's like a, a bank robbery and uh, car chases and he's running from the police. And at the very end of it, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like a Bonnie and Clyde ending just about as the police have mm-hmm. cornered and he's got this girl that he's met along the way. And, and then, uh, he, uh, Right as they do the shootout, the boom, 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 it flashes to him popping back up out of the bathtub. The entire thing was just a thought in his head for that two seconds he was under the water in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. None of the movie actually happened. Right. That it was just a I I get where you're coming from. Kind of like a daydream. What if if this happened and then you kind of play it out and... But, I like I like some so movies what if, like that. What if this whole the whole episode was just her daydream? I mean, like I said, there's things that you that draw you back from that, right? Because the, they, the people in the town were affected, and Ag- Agnes shows up, right? But a lot of what and was Monica going on and everybody, out in yeah. Their head. Yeah, because well, Monica even tells her that I know, but that she doesn't blame her for what she did because she said, you know, if she had the ability to do that, she would have done if to bring somebody back like that, she would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the surprises that that I didn't see coming at at all, and this may just be me being stupid, but I did not see the fact that there was going to be a scroll. Oh, show up! I saw that. I, just, I did not see that happen. I didn't I, see that coming. I saw that only because I, somebody pointed that out, like two episodes earlier, when Hayward's standing out there talking to that one woman, and they're looking over the hex, and he's talking about preparing the when they're attacking kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. he's talking to that woman. The one that was not, I don't remember what she was, one of his assistants or something that was there. Um, but right. something with, with people kept in a couple of the YouTube videos that I watched, they kept talking about, you could see when she turned and looked something with the camera, with the way her eyes flickered or did something. Everybody was saying that she mm-hmm. was, she was a scroll. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And that, that was I'm the sorry. only reason I, I even was looking for scrolls was because people were saying that like a couple of episodes earlier, even though it was a different person than who it ended up actually being. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I right. guess that when, when she come in there, it wasn't that big a shock because I had been kind of looking for somebody to be that all along. Right. Well, like I said, it took me totally by surprise. That was, and it was, a, uh, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I I did enjoy it, but like I said, I did not see that coming. So kudos for them for that one, yeah. at least coming from me. Yeah, uh, you were 
you know, you were well, saying, if I wouldn't, like have, but ago. there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have caught if I wouldn't watch YouTube videos. Mm. And there's a lot of things that true I would never, but, but that's where I got a lot of ideas that they would spark little theories and then you run with them that, Oh, here's Mephisto here. It's going to be, you know, you know, senior scratchy, you know, he's taking all of these things that we maybe had a little idea and then they're like, Oh, or the Ultron. I sent you that one. Didn't I? That one Ultron theory, the way the white vision mm -hmm. kept looking at his, his left hand when he was in that cylinder, because at the end of age, Ultron, when Ultron and, uh, vision have their, well, not even really a battle. You never really see what happens because it's just kind of flashes. So you don't know if big flash of light. Yeah. Right. If vision absorbed Ultron, the, you know, energy of him so the that essence, he, the yes, essence so that he wouldn't transfer into another robot or any other power, you know, any other piece of machine. Right. So that he could hide him away and keep control of him. And then if now they brought that back out of him by using his, his tore up body. But that was, I mean, it was a logical theory, but sometimes these people come up with a lot of theories it, that the writers it, never even think of. It is, a, it is, it is a logical theory. And, and if you look at it, Ultron didn't have a whole lot of emotion. I mean, he was just purely evil. Right. He didn't care about it. And so the vision that they do bring back to life, he doesn't have a whole lot of emotion right. and stuff like that. And I don't, I'm not sure if you would consider him evil, but I mean, he did try to go and kill Wanda just right off the bat. And I think maybe, but does that make him evil? Those, if he's just doing what's, you know, what he's programmed to do, or that's his, his, command is to do that he's just fulfilling a command i remember elon musk talked about one time talking about ai and you know because a lot of people think that you know that's what's going to be the downfall is when eventually ai takes over and you know doesn't need us anymore when it you know starts growing so fast that they can uh, the computer can replicate itself basically replicate itself yes um and he said kind of like if you were to ask ai to get rid of spam email mm -hmm. he said one of the easiest ways would be to kill all humans he said then there's no more spam email so sometimes the easiest quickest problem you know solution isn't the right solution the right yeah. So he said, sometimes, you know, we look at it through, uh, I guess, moralistically and ethically as to how, you know, something should be done when it won't, it'll do. Or if it's given a task with no boundaries, kind of like uh, what was the Will Smith movie? Not I Am Legend. What uh, I Robot. I, I Robot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, here's the thing. uh the, the vision as he appeared in the, the, well, the white vision as he appeared in this, he had none of the uh, the three rules of robotics, robot. according yeah. to Asimov, about you know, don't hurt another, don't hurt a human being, don't do anything that's going to inadvertently hurt another human being, and you must do whatever you can to keep a human being from being hurt. Right. 
whatever they were. I'm not sure if that's the three of them, but I mean, Asimov had his three rules of, of what robotics, the right. directions that they should go in. And as you can see, when Hayward put vision back together, he totally, cause like I said, he just wanted the weapon end of it. That's all he wanted. Right. And so he, those safeguards that would have been there, if he would have had, you know, his personality back and maybe his memories wasn't there and he didn't want them to be there because he wanted to be able to use what was left of the vision as a weapon to do his bidding, to take out whoever he wanted to take out. So, and at that time it was Wanda. And if he would have been successful there, you know, who knows who the next person would have been, but he would have kept sending vision out, you know, all this world leader over here is defying us. So we'll just go ahead. We'll send the vision in. You can't really stop him. He'll go in, he'll snap the guy's neck. He'll leave. So when we get off into the future in a little bit, it might not be the liberals might be right. And we won't be able to say guns don't kill people. People kill people because maybe in the future guns actually will kill people. If they're intelligent guns and they can move of their own accord. Like, uh, you ever watch the black mirror? (laughs) What? I said, uh, where we were talking about, so where we were talking about the black mirror earlier, there's a, there's a robot dog episode that, uh, just hunts down, kills humans. Metalhead. That's the name of that episode. It's got a robot dog. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all he wanted. He just wanted a very sophisticated gun. Point and shoot. Yeah. This is your mission, Vision. Go carry it out. And he has no memories of, of ever knowing Wanda. And he has, since he has no memories, he has no physical attachment or emotional attachment to this person. And as long as you keep him in that state, then you've got the perfect weapon because it doesn't grieve or regret anything that it's done. It, you know, right. this is what you told me to do. This is what I went and did. I completed the mission like you told me to do. And so perfect, totally obedient soldier. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for the weapon end of it. He didn't, you know, he didn't see the grander part of who the vision actually was. My, and this this question just hit me. Uh, whereas the original vision was able to pick up Thor's hammer because he's according to the enchantment that's upon the hammer, he would he was worthy. Right. Would the white vision in his original his, his original form that he appeared in the show would he be able to pick up? Would would the enchantment consider him to be worthy? I wouldn't think so because he, he, he would have no uh, regard for human life. I think so too. I don't think he'd be able to pick it up. No. I think maybe after vision touched his head and unlocked his memories and maybe gave a little piece of himself back to him. Right. Maybe now he could possibly, right. Maybe now he could, but then that original, when he first showed up and he was about to kill Wanda, just because that was his mission. That's what he was told to do. I don't think that version of him would have been able to do it. Do you think uh, when Monica talks to that scroll woman in the movie theater, um, when she says, uh, you know, I was sent by an old friend. Um, He heard you've been grounded. He'd like to meet you. Um, And Monica just says, you know, where? So I guess you, you have to assume that Monica knows who she's talking about. 
but would this? I think she's talking about Nick, Nick Fury. Right. But that's why I started thinking then timeline wise. Okay. Since how long has it been since Monica's come back from the blip? What has it been now? A week? Two weeks? Yeah. Something like that. So I guess that's only about the time that Fury's been back too. I don't know. Because he went in the blip too. He went away. So from the time that it would have had to have been more than two weeks. Why? Well, they said it was. I was thinking that because well, because Thanos snaps his Thanos snaps his original finger and half of the whole universe disappears. Right. And then five years goes by, and then they all and then come they back. get a hold, and then they snap. Now maybe from the second snap. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. From okay, when they yeah, came back. That's that very well could be because true. Monica was gone too. I mean, she didn't. Right. She just now come back. But that's what I'm saying. It seems like they're they're right back into it. You know, she's Monica's doing this thing. Fury's doing his thing, and then we know he's with the Skrulls on the ship. Three years later, um, mm-hmm. with uh, at the end of Spider Man. In the credit scene there when he's on the ship in space. So when when she says where and the woman just points up, do you think he was already up there? When he came back, he immediately went up there? I think maybe at that point, he was probably in orbit on the ship that you've seen him on in the end credit scene. In Spider-Man. He's in orbit. But that was two years after Monica yeah. Vision. Or after WandaVision. Right. Well, she's back now. Right, right. I'm talking about two years after the second snap. That play- takes place in... Tw- no, it wouldn't... Yeah, it says in the movie, that they say it two... takes place in 2023. Spider-Man. It takes place two years after the snap. After the second snap. Okay. And this is just two weeks after, after the, the second, second snap. Right. And this is just two weeks after the second well, snap. So, so Spider-Man doesn't happen for a couple so of years after this. She's pointing up at the sky then, in my opinion, it would have to be the fact that, you know, he wants to meet you out there in the in the greater universe somewhere. Because right. he's already out there. Right. Well, that's why I was he's wondering, if is that the first thing years. he did when he come back was go out back to outer space? Because he was down on the ground when they uh, when he got snapped away the first time. So when he came back, he would have came back on Earth. I'm thinking that that the Nick Fury that evaporated. Uh huh. I think that was a scroll. I'm thinking it may have possibly been. It could have possibly been a scroll. Well, why was he not around with the rest of the Avengers while they were in the five year window trying to get it all fixed? Because he was in space on that spaceship. Why was he not helping? He didn't know what was going on. He knows everything that's going on. <laughs> He's the one that sent the signal to Captain Marvel. Well, the, maybe if that's a scroll, then he... Well, I don't think know, the scroll that, would have been sending a message to Captain Marvel. Yeah, maybe, maybe the the real Nick said, "Okay, look, if something starts to go down, that you know, if Thanos snaps, hit, he gets rid of half the world. Hit, hit this, hit this pager, and get this person back here. I don't know. 
I mean, it's it's a, it's a weird theory. I mean, sure, could it, could it have been a, a scroll that disappeared? Possibly. Was it the real Nick? Maybe. I don't know. But you know, here he is at the end of this Spider-Man Homecoming movie. He is that whole movie. He wasn't really Nick because Nick was in outer space. And how far away was he at that time? And to get that far away, would he have had to have left years before? Because he's traveling. They're traveling somewhere, and it looks like they're in some kind of, you know, warp nine or hyperspace configuration that they're going real fast. But even moving as fast as that possibly could be, you're still looking at huge distances. So to travel to wherever it is they were going, they would have had to have started, you know, Back before, so basically, what I'm saying is, when did he put his doppelganger in place? After the snap, did he put? Did he after he he came back in place before the snap, or did he put it in place after the snap? I think after the snap, but I don't see the need for it before. Well, sure. If you're going to if you're going to leave the Earth and go some more outer space and you're the leader of shield and you've got the ability to put a deep fake in place to take your place are you not going to do it yeah but how does he know he's not going away too as part of the snap well he maybe he doesn't realize the snap's going to happen i mean he doesn't know this he can't see the future right but he's like i've got to i've got to go with these people these scrolls to wherever it is they're going, but I can't leave my organization here without me at the head of it. So I'll get one of them to use their shape changing powers to be me while I'm gone on this mission into outer space. And then when I get back, I will take that spot back. You know, it's, it's just, I was just like I said, I guess it's possible. I just don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious as to when he put his doppelganger in place. It could have been before the snap, the first snap. It could have been after the second snap, or it could have been somewhere in between. Well, he couldn't have been in between if he maybe would, if he no, was gone true, during the first gone. one. Yeah, but we know that in Spider Man, when Spider Man's talking to uh, who's he talking? Is he's not. It's a Nick. It's not Nick Fury. It's the doppelganger that he started the scroll that he's talking to when he's in there with him and. Uh, What's his name? The Jake Gyllenhaal character. Um, what's his name? With the I could picture him with the dome, fish, uh, fish, fish Mef- head. Yeah, um, all I can think of is Mephisto. <laughs> um, no, it's not Mephisto. What? Now you've got <laughs> me wondering. Um, oh my gosh, he did call him at one point. Called him a fishbowl head. I cannot remember what the guy's real name is. Far from home, Jake Gyllenhaal. And that's Mysterio. Terrible. Mysterio, that's the word I was looking for. So when he's talking to him, Mysterio's talking about uh, multiverses. Yes. And so that's what, you know, because Peter Parker, he gets all all excited. Oh, there really is multiverses. And, you know, he's just blown away by it that he wants to talk to him about it and uh, that they exist. So that means. All of the the Doctor Strange stuff has happened between WandaVision and that Spider-Man movie. But here's the thing. Mephisto's a bad guy. Yeah. 
And did he just lie to Peter about there being a multiverse? Maybe he didn't mm. know at that point in time. Maybe he's just a bad maybe guy. Maybe he's not actually maybe he's not actually from an alternate reality. Maybe he's just from this reality trying to and he's just he's created this scenario where or this the storyline to say that, you know, I'm from another planet or I'm from another reality. That's possible. But just, Nick, Nick Fury to, was the one that was doing his, it though. Thing, but it was you know? a scroll. Here's a theory. Spider-Man, all the proof Mysterio is lying about the multiverse and far from home. Mm, see? So we think so. According be. to Mysterio, the events of Avengers Endgame tore a hole in the fabric of reality itself, opening up the MCU, which is why they say that uh, any of the multiverse stuff can even exist is because of the snaps and all of that. He claimed that the elementals... Um, we're wreaking havoc across Europe, originate from parallel dimension, and so does he. Mysterious argument makes sense on the face of it. Doctor Strange established that space-time continuum can be broken. Avengers Endgame includes multiple steps and a massive amount of time travel, but Mysterious claims should really be marked handle with care. The reality is in the comics, Mysterious no hero. Uh, so I always took it right back to the source material and what made the character exist exciting initially. I don't know. This whole article, the, the whole argument for him lying is it because he's a villain. But we know there's multiverses. Yeah, we do know there's a multiverse. But and you don't know, on like the, said, and you don't think, know if the I Mysterio maybe, on I, those other ones I is a villain or not. Lying. He, he could have well, been lying no, on that I, one. Mephisto is a bad guy. I think he's lying not the in whole every, time. I don't think he actually. Not in every. He's a stuntman. He's a stuntman from Hollywood, and he doesn't know whether or not there's a multiverse or not. But he wants to make himself sound good, and he's got to come up with a reason as to why no one's ever heard of him before. Now, you know, he can't be this established hero if no one's heard of him before now and right. all of a sudden he just shows up on the scene, but you can take care of all of that by saying I'm from another dimension. I'm from another earth, just like this one, just a little slightly different in which we lost. Right. So these but there things, is going to be a Mysterio on another multiverse well, sure. on another one. Yeah. I mean, just because he doesn't actually realize there's a multiverse doesn't negate the fact that it's out there. Right. And that there's another Mysterio on another planet or another Earth, just like this one, just like him, you know. And I saw an article or maybe, that they're introducing maybe in it, the next Spider-Man to Miles Morales, too. Do you think that maybe with all these different Spider-Man that they have doing Spider-Man, that maybe they're going to do a live action Spider-Verse type movie? Yeah, I think it's and would be. you and would you go see it? Yeah, it's coming out next year. Okay, well there you go. It's what's the name of it? Well, they 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 haven't shown the name of it yet. They keep showing. They keep doing uh, uh, all of them. Tom Holland, um, Sendai, Send. How do you say her name? Sendaya. Mm-hmm. The one plays. They they've all been. They all released it. Instagram things promoting the movie last week each one of them releasing different names because they haven't released what the actual name of the movie is yet 
Well, I think they have now. I think, what is the new one? No Way Home. Because what was the first one? The first one was uh, Homecoming. And then the second one was Far From Home. And mm-hmm. then this one is uh, No Way Home. But they they hadn't released the name of the movie yet. And they weren't, uh, you know, because there's a big joke about Tom Holland. Because he uh, let out a big spoiler from Endgame. Okay. But we can just go close it out. We'll wrap this up, and uh, you can check us out on sociallysensitive.com. Check us out on uh, follow us wherever you follow podcasts, listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on uh, Instagram at socially sensitive and on Twitter at socially sense. See you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. In the sky, gonna have to wait for me. I can smell your lies. Watch what you say to me. Cause I done seen a lot of shit that I could never.